At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. It is our number two of the look at for those of you guys out there on the East Coast. A happy Thanksgiving to you. For those of us out here in the Pacific time zone, a happy Thanksgiving in advance as it will be Thursday in an hour out here as we're 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. And we've got a lot these next two hours on the look at as I'm filling in for Scott Seidenberg, who did a terrific job over there on the nightcap as well. So we've got a little bit of rotation over here. It's what the holidays are all about. And you know what? We wind up just getting this out as well as got to keep you guys up to date here before we wind up getting on some NBA. But we wind up seeing the we wind up seeing the circus survivor Thanksgiving Day selections get announced as the deadline to be able to get in those picks was 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, and they wound up tweeting these out a few minutes ago, and shock, shock, surprise, surprise, a lot of people are still in the contest. They wound up banking on the Cowboys. They wound up saving it for this because one thing that's really interesting about Circa, and I love that they do it, is that Thanksgiving is its own week, so you wind up seeing 80 selections, so 59.7% of the selections, they rode with the Cowboys. Then from there, at number two, you wound up having the Bears at 21 selections, and I actually don't think that that's necessarily the world's worst play because when else are you going to be taking the Bears the rest of the season? And then from there, you've got the Bills with 15 selections. That's 11% of the remaining field. The Lions, 10.4% of people think that the Lions will get their first win of the season, and then the Raiders come in at dead stinking last as four people wound up taking them to be able to win this week. And then off the graphic, the New Orleans Saints has zero people on to pick in the New Orleans Saints. So that tells you right there that not a lot of people are bullish on them here against the Buffalo Bills. And I'll be giving out my NFL selections towards you back after this show as well. But I can tell you right now, I actually think that the 21 people that wanted riding with the Bears, they actually made a relatively smart move here because if you wind up saving the Cowboys, because I'm sure that there are a lot of people that they were sort of charting out how they wanted to play this survivor pool, how they wanted to just chart it out week in and week out. And a lot of people wound up banking on the Cowboys for this week. But I do think that you've got a little bit of an opportunity here with the Bears just because, I mean, let's call it what it is. Lions have yet to win a game this year. I do think that the Bears are going to come out with a little bit of renewed energy. I think that they're going to come out with some zeal because you just have seen all the reports of fired Matt Nagy. I, I think it was so bad in which there were fans at Matt Nagy's son's like high school football game that were chanting fire Matt Nagy when you wind up going that far. Well, I tell you right now, that's probably not good ethics to say the least. 
I mean, that's just my personal opinion here, but I would not be chanting at a child's high school game that their dad should be getting fired from their job. That's just me, but I do think that the Bears are going to actually fight for Matt Nagy in this spot. It's certainly... It's not been going well in Chicago this year, but it's been going even worse in Detroit as they've got as many wins as the team of Greg Peterson. So I do think that there's a little bit of credit that needs to be given there. And we're talking about losing streaks right now with that. But how about if we talk to talk about a losing streak that wound up getting snapped as you wound up seeing in the NBA once a darn near every team be in action. You wind up having a couple teams be off, but you wind up seeing a lot of games because you're going to notice that there are no games on the NBA betting board for Thanksgiving. Not necessarily the worst move in the world for the NBA because when you have to go up against Thanksgiving Day football, it's never necessarily the world's greatest thing. As we know, a little bit more of the niche of the NBA is playing on Christmas, but you wind up seeing the Houston Rockets as a pretty sizable underdog of between nine and nine and a half points. They snapped a 15-game losing streak as they were able to take down the Chicago Bulls by a count of 118 to 113. It's been, by the way, a very interesting year for the Bulls as well as they've been able to come out with some fight this year. But you take a look at a lot of these teams moving forward. When it comes to the NBA, you sort of do have your dregs out there. No doubt the Houston Rockets have all of a sudden just become darn near the worst team in the NBA. The Oklahoma City Thunder have a little bit of something to say about that as well. But you just take a look at some of these teams out there and it's not a case in which you're going to be able to get a lot out of them. When you take a look a little bit more at the East, the Orlando Magic, the Detroit Pistons, they are darn near down there. But really, aside from those two, you actually have a pretty respectable race going on out there. And then whenever the New Orleans Pelicans have not had Zion Williamson out there, it's been very bad for them as they are currently 4-16. and 16. So that is something that you do want to take note of. And I know that my wonderful producer for the night, Jason Kahn, who's doing a terrific job of being able to hold it down, he shared this with me. The Golden State Warriors have already twice this year come back from a deficit of 10-plus points to be able to win by 20-plus. I know that he was on the Warriors for the second half, and they get there, and they get there very easily as they take down a Philadelphia 76ers team that they have been dealing with a whole lot this year. Everything from Ben Simmons to a gamut of different injury, health and safety protocols, what have you, by a count of 116 to 96. And I thought it was really intriguing that Steph Curry wound up getting a little bit of rest just due to load management in general. You saw him not out there on the court for the entirety of the game, but you wound up just seeing this Warriors team, despite the fact that they're still playing without Clay Thompson. They have been without so many of their key pieces this year that they were still able to look to so many guys and they were able to get them some good minutes. Now, Curry in this one, he does wind up finishing up 6 of 11 from three-point range for just about any player not named Steph Curry. That'd be a career night for Steph Curry. You know what? That's just another Wednesday. But when you take a look at some of these guys that are coming off the bench, you wind up having Porter Jr. wind up giving you 12 points. Juan Toscano-Anderson. A guy that was averaging four points per game. He winds going off for double figures. And it's why I think that the Warriors are just such a dangerous team in general. We have seen a lot of these teams that they were towards the top of the betting board when it comes to the futures board for the upcoming NBA season. They haven't necessarily been able to do the world's greatest job of being able to cover for you. The Milwaukee Bucks certainly had a rough go of it the first few weeks of the season. We all know about the Lakers at this point, how badly banged up they've been. But man, did LeBron James come up with some big shots against Indiana on Wednesday, but it has been a case in which you have seen just some of these teams not be able to live up to their billing, but the Warriors have been the absolute opposite. They've been blowing out teams time and time again, and when you take a look at the NBA, I mentioned it on my show, The Greg Peterson Experience, which is on the exact same time that this show is only. My show is Saturday and Sunday. If you're out there on the West Coast, that Unders have been just so darn profitable across all sports, but it's really been most demonstrative out here in the NBA. As you just take a look at the underrate in the NBA, it is still holding steady at right around 57.5%. We've seen 158 unders to 117 overs. You've seen a couple pushes in there as well. And this is with over the last seven days, things coming back a little bit more to the over. We have noticed that overs in the last seven days in the NBA have been hitting right around a 59% clip. 33 overs to 23 unders in this time span. So it does seem like bookmakers are starting to adjust a little bit. And I think that that's so key when it comes to all sports, whether it be college basketball, NBA, NFL, what have you. 
when you wind up seeing something get really, really hot. Like, for instance, if you wind up seeing home underdogs in, insert your sport here, hitting at 60%, you've got to feel like bookmakers are going to pick up on that after a few weeks, and they're going to try to adjust that and try to make it a little bit more balanced. We're seeing that when it comes to the NBA in total. So I do think that there's probably going to be a lot of value on unders in a few weeks because it's one of those things where as bookmakers zig, you wind up seeing a zag, and then it's just one of those back-and-forth sort of ordeals. But I do think that that is something that you want to be taking a look at moving forward and something I'm going to be taking a look at as well. Can the Portland Trailblazers get a little bit hotter as well? One of the stars of the NBA that has really been cold this year has been Damian Lillard, and it was another loss for the Portland Trailblazers on Wednesday as they wind up falling to the Sacramento Kings by a count of 125 to 121. I do feel like the Trailblazers are going to be one of the more intriguing teams in the NBA moving forward because if you do wind up seeing Damian Lillard wind up getting back to his old self when it comes to three-point shooting. That is going to be very beneficial to this team. And he has, to a little bit of a lesser extent, gotten back to his old self. He's still shooting only about 31% from three-point range for the season. But you take a look at him recently, it has gotten much better. Prior to this game, he had shot at least 33% from distance in each out of his last four games. So he certainly has been able to step up points. I've still been in there as well, at least 22 points in each out of the last five games. But it certainly is going to be a little bit tough for him to be able to claw his way back and to be able to help the Portland Trailblazers avoid what will probably be a very difficult first-round matchup, even though it is early on in the season. You're noticing teams like the Warriors and company being able to just separate themselves from the rest of the NBA and the Utah Jazz as well. This is a little bit of an underrated team that I feel like should be getting a little bit more love as well as they wind up finding themselves 12-6 and six when it comes to the Northwest standings. And I don't make a lot out of the just conference standings in general, but they have looked very solid there in their most recent game. They wind up taking out the Thunder by a count of 110 to 104. So it was a little bit hairy there, but they were able to still get it done. And I was mentioning it a little bit earlier with some of these teams that they were towards the top of the odds board at the beginning of the season coming out with likes of days starts against the spread. You wind up seeing that rectify itself a little bit. The LA Lakers, it wasn't necessarily an easy cover, but they were able to get one against the Indiana Pacers by kind of 124 to 116, an absolutely tremendous performance late from LeBron James. So that is a team that I'm going to be taking a look at moving forward because I do think that because they've failed to cover so many games at the beginning part of the beginning part of the season, that now there might be a little bit of value on them. You could say the same about the Brooklyn Nets, who wound up going from a one-point favorite to more like a one-to-one-and-a-half-point underdog against the Boston Celtics. They took it to the Celtics by a count of 123-104. to And in order to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, as Ric Flair says. And the Milwaukee Bucks, they were laying a big number against the Detroit Pistons, and they were able to cover that big number, 114-93, to as it was just a bludgeoning by the Milwaukee Bucks, as it has been a very, very long year to say the least, when it comes to the Detroit Pistons. So we've got no NBA games, unfortunately, for Thursday to be able to take a look forward to. But you know what games we do have to be able to take a look forward to for Thursday? It is college basketball. So you've got a lot of these non-conference tournaments that are going down. Hit on a couple in the first hour. We're going to be hitting on a few more here in this next segment. And that is right here on the look at as you are listening to the Vegas Ads and Information Network, KK Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And Black Friday offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to be able to buy VEASAN sports betting gear, hats, shirts, mugs, and anything else at your heart's desire. Hurry up. This is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift. That is at bsin.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the look at it is myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg. And I can tell you right now, just looking at the Black Friday offer, very thankful that I'm not working retail on this Black Friday as I wound up spending five of them back when I was in high school slash college. So those of you guys that might be working on Black Friday, I certainly do salute you. I know how difficult it can be. And hopefully, I know that there are some of you guys that might be that might be working a job right now, something like that. I do salute your hard work. So hopefully I'm able to keep you guys a little bit entertained. And hopefully we can give you guys some winners as we've got a lot of games on the college basketball betting board for this Thursday. Always love these tournaments because you wind up getting them in various locations. And one of those locations is out here in lovely Las Vegas, Nevada. As I think that you've got some very good ones that is going to be going down for the Las Vegas Invitational. So we'll, uh, we'll hit on these games and we'll start with the early one of 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, South Alabama and San Diego. You wind up seeing San Diego open up as a three and a half point underdog. This has went down in a lot of spots. You're still finding at DraftKings a straight two and a half. At Circa, this has went as far down as one. Total of 137. Haven't seen a lot of movement there. You're finding anywhere between a 136 and a half and 137. So we haven't necessarily seen a big move there. But when it comes to the South Alabama bunch, I think that this move is very justified. I want to saying South Alabama as a two-point favorite. You take a look at just all the talent that the South Alabama team has. And I am very impressed by it. You've got Charles Manning Jr. He winds up coming in from LSU. He's been able to give this team right in the neighborhood of about 12.5 points per game. He's been able to do a solid job, actually more like 14.5 points per game. You've had Javon Franklin. He winds up coming in from Auburn. You just notice that you've got all these guys that they wind up coming in from. Insert your SEC school here. And that is what the South Alabama team is made of. J.J. Chandler, someone that was starring at Texas A&M a few years ago. He's been able to pump in their 14.5 points per game. You've got a South Alabama team that they don't necessarily do a good job of being able to guard the arc. I think that that is going to be something that winds keeping the San Diego team in it because when it comes to South Alabama, three-point shooting percentage is not there, but they do a good job of being able to slow games down to a little bit of a crawl. And then you take a look at the San Diego team, and they have got a few good transfers of their own. Jace Townsend, he winds coming in from Denver. While he was with the Pioneers, he was able to just fill it up with right around 20 points per game, and he's able to do the same here for the Toreros. 
14 points, four and a half boards, three and a half assists per game. Also keep in mind, this is a San Diego team that darn near got a road win against Cal about a week or so ago. We all know the state of affairs when it comes to Golden Bears and basketball. And Jason Kidd, now walking through the locker room when it comes to the California Golden Bears, but certainly a good showing there. And then you've got Marcellus Erlington. He's been able to give you right around 11.5 points, 4.5 boards. He's been able to do a nice job. Terrell Brown wise coming in from Pittsburgh. He's been able to pump in their 10 points, 9.5 rebounds per game. So I do think that there might be a little bit of a rebounding advantage when it comes to San Diego. But you just take a look at the sheer athleticism. You take a look at the sheer size. And then a guy in Cale Gonsalves, who is back for the South Alabama team. A guy that's saying six foot eight. Career about 40% three-point shooter. He's able to give the team eight points per game. I do think that South Alabama is going to be able to win this game. And it is a case in which San Diego is going to have a little bit less travel to have to deal with. But it is also a very early game out here on the West Coast as well. And that gives you a little bit more of an edge to South Alabama as well. So you've got a lot of different things to gauge. But I personally wound up setting South Alabama as a favorite. I also wound up making my total on this game a little bit lower at a 134.5. But you take a look at the next game that's going to be coming up from Las Vegas. You've got 805-806 on the bang board. The University of Illinois Chicago, better known as UIC. Are they going to be setting flames to your bankroll? We are going to find out as this is a bunch that they are finding themselves against the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors as about a one-point underdog. Your total on this game is anywhere between 133.5 and 134.5 with Hawaii. It's been a interesting bunch, and you'll notice that year in and year out, whenever Hawaii winds up traveling away from the island, they do wind up having a little bit of a tough time with it. And then when you take a look at the flip side for this UIC team, I actually do like their coach, Luke Yaklich. If you remember that name, he was actually one of the considerations for Michigan before they wind up hiring on Juwan Howard because he was one of the masterminds of the defense that wound up leading Michigan to the 2018 national title game. He was a trusty assistant under John Beeline. I think that he's going to be able to get UIC up and running within the next two years. But you do take a look at this Hawaii bunch. And what I think is interesting for the Rainbow Warriors is that this is a team that they're actually doing a pretty solid job on the glass. Right now, their rebounding advantage is right around 12 per game. But I don't think that that's going to hold up against this UIC team. When you take a look at the teams that Hawaii wound up going up against in the non-D1 level, that is certainly jacked up their that is certainly jacked up their numbers a little bit. But when it comes to this Hawaii team as well, they're doing a good job on the glass. But at the same time, when it comes to seals per game, they are 341st in all of college basketball and UIC when they have struggled under Luke Yaklich over the last year or so. The big reason why is because they just wound up turning the ball over a lot. And I do think that it's a little bit of an addition by subtraction that they did wind up having so many moving pieces out there in the backcourt. You had a guy in Tavion Kirk who was turning the ball over darn near four times per game. So I think that getting him out of there and instead turning the offense over to Damari Franklin, who winds up coming in from Tennessee Tech, a guy that's able to give you 15 points per game. He's able to give you right around eight rebounds. He's able to shoot okay from three-point range. Has been very beneficial. Then you take a look at Noel Coleman for this Hawaii team. He's been a bucket getter. 16 and a half points, right around 2.7 assists per game. He is the only guy that is dishing out more than 1.7 assists per game for this Hawaii team. They're very much based on isolation. I think that this is going to play right into the hands of UIC. It's a case in which I'm going to be taking a look at another money line underdog here. I think that UIC wins this game by two and a half points. I did wind up setting the total at 134.5. We wound up seeing the open of 133.5. I'm going to be taking a look at one of those overs as you're finding a little bit of a divide. More of the books out here in Las Vegas are currently hanging a 133.5. If you're out there on the East Coast, you're finding more 134.5. So shop around accordingly there. But I wound up saying my total at 134.5. So looking at a 133 over to go along with the money line of UIC. And then this is a team that I feel like is getting badly undervalued. And I think that betters are agreeing with me. You've got New Mexico and UAB. The Blazers of UAB are finding themselves anywhere between 11.5 and 12.5 point favorites. This is way down from the opener of 13. We have seen the C move coming already. Your total, it opened up at 147. We have seen this hike up to as high as a 149 in some spots, and I don't understand it. When you take a look at this UAB team, they have been a little bit more explosive on offense. They do a good job with being able to generate seals. They're in the top 10 in all of college basketball when it comes to seals per game and really seals generated on a per-possession basis, but... When it comes to New Mexico, 
This is a team that is getting flat out disrespected. I want to say them as a six-point underdog personally because you take a look at New Mexico, they wind up bringing in Richard Patino. I think that that has been the breath of life that this team has needed in general because you bring in Jamal Mashburn Jr. He's been able to do a good job. He's been able to pump in there some points for a New Mexico offense that last year they were completely anemic. And when it comes to New Mexico, I think a lot of the struggles of last year just have to go back to COVID-19. You hear it with so many different people saying, oh, you can't judge Team X, Team Y, Team Z based on last year due to COVID-19. Well, someone had to perform. So I don't necessarily take that into account with most cases, but New Mexico literally did not play a game in the state of New Mexico last year. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. They were hit by this just harder than darn near anyone else. And they now get back Saquon Singleton as well. He was someone that was sidelined for the first couple games of the season. He was dealing with an actual health illness. So you just wish him nothing but the best there. It's good to hear him get a clean bill of health there. And last year, he was the top facilitator for this punch. He was able to dish out right around three assists per game. But who I really think is going to be able to step up for this New Mexico team and keep them at bay. That would be Jalen Ellis. The transfer from Arizona State has looked absolutely superb this year. 19.5 points, 4.5 assists, shooting it very well from three-point range. A former top 100 recruit, according to ESPN. Javon Mashburn Jr., I mentioned a little bit earlier, has been a nice compliment with right around 18.5 points per game. And then you've got Jethro Muscatin. He winds up coming in from Kansas. He is going to be able to do an okay job on the glass. Now, I think on the other side, Trey Jamison is going to be able to do a little bit better. He wound up averaging right around a block and a half for UAB. And you just take a look at this UAB in g- team in general. You've got a bunch of guys in the backcourt generating two-plus steals per game. Michael Ertl, who wound up getting his career at Louisiana Monroe, has come in. He's been able to do a great job of that. You take a look at someone in Quan Jackson. He has been able to give the team two-plus steals per game in each out of his last three years, dating back to when he was at Georgia Southern. So you've got a lot of talent out there in the backcourt, but... I do think that this is going to be a bunch in New Mexico that is going to be able to crank up the tempo a little bit, but you've sort of got that fast versus slow because you've got a New Mexico team that they're looking to crank up the tempo so far so good under Richard Patino, and then you've got a UAB team that they have been looking to play a little bit faster, but they sort of play the 30 or the 40 minutes of HE double hockey sticks, if you will. And I wanted saying the total has a 142 as a result. So I like the fact that the total is moving up because I'm taking a look at an under and I'm going to be taking a look at the the Lobos of New Mexico. But coming up next, something else I'm going to be taking a look at, some college football for the Thanksgiving Thursday. And that is coming next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Get an extra helping of football with Madden Holiday Madness. Play for free in three different fantasy football contests and compete all Thanksgiving weekend for a share of $15,000 in total cash prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com slash EA Madden to get in on the action right now. EA Sports, it's in the game. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply DraftKings.com for details as we're back here on the look at it is myself Greg Peterson filling in for Scott Seidenberg Scott did a great job on the nightcap tonight so now we're giving him some relief over there and the gentlemen behind the scenes always give me some relief because I know that I'm working with the best in the business Jason Kahn my producer doing absolutely terrific work you've got Taylor on the audio you've got my man Nick doing a great job of being able to hold it down along with Oliver as well all these guys do absolutely terrific work they are the reason why you always hear these VEASAN shows and just great clarity when it comes to watching wherever you are, whether that be YouTube TV, Xfinity X1, list goes on and on, or just listening via other places like on iHeart, list goes on and on. So a big thanks to these guys. They do absolutely tremendous work. Now it's time for me to do my part of the billing here as going to give you guys a little bit of something for college football on what is going to be an interesting Thanksgiving Thursday. We always focus on the big NFL games and those are going to be big, but at the same time, you've got a pair of very good college football matchups as well. I will say one is probably a little bit better than the other. So how about if we had on the marquee one first, you've got Ole Miss and Mississippi State. They're going to be doing battle in the good old Egg Bowl. You wind up seeing Mississippi State open up in a lot of places a one-point favorite. Now they're mostly a two-point favorite, and we've seen a big move on the total. It opened up right around a 60. Now you're finding it 
as high as a 64.5. I can't say that I can necessarily knock the move on the total, and I do think that Mississippi State should be able to win this game. We had on Adam Burke, who does absolutely terrific work right here on the Vegas Heads and Information Network last hour, and I know that he was laying out the fact that you've got Lane Kiffin coming up for the Florida job, and boy, oh boy, for one, if you're looking for a coach that has had one of the more interesting paths in just all of sports in general, Lane Kiffin certainly does fit that bill, but when it comes to the battle of these quarterbacks, you've got Matt Corral, who's just fallen out of the Heisman Trophy race. I mean, let's call it what it is. The last few weeks have been quite pedestrian for him after he wanted coming out and having that amazing start. It looked like he was going to be the number two to Bryce Young in the Heisman race. And I think that there were some books that at some points did wind up listing him number one. But you take a look at the other end, and you've just seen some absolutely gaudy numbers from Will Ritt from Will Rogers. I mean, 4,113 yards. He has thrown a couple of interceptions, but he has been rock solid for the team all season long. And in the last two weeks now, it's been against Tennessee State was one of the opponents, but the other opponent was Auburn. 11 touchdowns and no interceptions, completing 80 plus percent of his passes in both of those games. He has been nothing short of magnificent when it comes to this Mississippi State bunch as well. What they do a good job of is being able to take away the run as well. They are one of the top defenses in terms of rush defense in all of college football as well. So I think that that's going to be very critical. Then you take a look at Ole Miss. I know that this is something that we talked about with Adam, the fact that they've actually played a surprising amount of unders, but I just attribute that to you just take a look at these numbers and what we've seen with regards to totals, and they went up and up and up. We all remember that. Alabama versus Ole Miss game, that was a darn near 80 total. So I do think that that's a little bit more of a factor rather than the fact that Ole Miss has been playing defense, which they really haven't been playing a lot of defense this year. Let's call it what it is. But I do think that Mississippi State is going to be able to have the upper end. You know that the stadium is going to be absolutely packed for them in this one. And then when it comes to Will Rogers, he's got a guy that you're able to rely upon in Mackay Polk who has been absolutely tremendous as a little bit more of a possession-wide receiver. A guy that, when it comes to yards per catch, giving you right around 10, 10 and a half yards, but he's been able to haul in there nine touchdowns. He's been able to give you 900 yards. I've been highly impressed by him when it comes to the ground game as well. You don't necessarily have that one marquee running back for Mississippi State, unlike with Ole Miss, who it's really been, obviously, Matt Corral has been able to carry the mail for the scene, but at the same time, you've been able to have a good stable behind him as well. But I do think that Mississippi State going to be able to move the ball on the ground. I think that this is going to be a game which you wind up seeing both of these teams really perform. But does all the noise wind up getting to Ole Miss? I don't think that it necessarily is. I just think that Mississippi State is a little bit of the better team here in general. Mississippi State wound up having a rough start to begin the year. They wind up very nearly losing that game to Louisiana Tech, but they seem to be firing on all cylinders at just the right time. They were able to get that nice win against Auburn a few weeks ago on the road. They wound up having that heartbreaker against Arkansas, but I mean, really, that's the only loss that this Mississippi State team has taken over the last five weeks. Now, part of this is due to the scheduling as well. When you wind up going on the road and you wind up knocking off Vanderbilt, well, I mean, they are the Harvard of the South, as they always like to say. I actually used to work for the official flagship station of the Vanderbilt Commodores for a year, so they're very proud of that. Can't be too proud of their football team right now because, well, it has not been good to say the least, but I do think that you're going to see Mississippi State be able to come out give a very good performance. I think that Marks and Johnson are going to be able to take a little bit of the pressure off of Will Rogers. I think that Will Rogers is going to be able to have himself a very nice game. So I'm looking to lay a very small number here with Mississippi State. We're going to have my official place in the final hour of the show, but do not be surprised if you wind up seeing Mississippi State laying a deuce on that line just because I... Really, anything below a three, in my opinion, is a take. Once you wind up getting to three, you always want to be taking into account critical numbers when it comes to handicapping football. More so the NFL than college, but I still argue that in college, it is a very big stinking deal as well. You always want to be trying to get, if you're going to be seeing a line at like a three, if you want to be trying to get a two and a half, if you like the favorite, if you like the underdog, do everything possible to try to get a three and a half as well. I think that that's just such a critical way to be able to turn pushes into wins, to be able to avoid a loss, get a push instead, whatever the scenario may be. I think that that is just absolutely critical to success in general. And what is always critical to success is trying to identify teams at the beginning of the season, doing your homework and trying to figure out 
what from last year was real and what was not. And, well, San Jose State wound up having themselves a very nice year last year. This year, it has not been so rosy for them as they're playing host to Fresno State as they look to try to get things back online as San Jose State is finding themselves in a lot of places a 7.5-point underdog in your total on this game. It is varying between 51.5. I'm seeing as high as a 52.5 as well, but we're seeing a lot more 51.5s, 52s. And when I take a look at this game, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of value here on San Jose State. Now, San Jose State is certainly a program that has been getting their teeth kicked in in recent weeks, that showing that they wound up having against Utah State was one of the more lackluster that we have seen this season. But we've also seen this team compete very hard on their home field. Aside from that game, they were able to play a very close game against San Diego State a little bit earlier. Now the loss that they wound up taking on the road to Colorado State a few weeks ago, that certainly was not necessarily the world's greatest showing. But when it comes to San Jose State, I do think that it is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. Going to be taking a look at the over as well. Certainly not a team that has necessarily been getting good quarterback play from either Starkle or Nash. I mean, we're going to call what it is. Neither of the quarterbacks that they've been starting this year has really been able to give this team too much of anything. But I do think that Nevins in the backfield, Tyler Nevins, is going to be able to do a good job for this bunch. He wound up having just an absolutely terrible week against Utah State, but the team had to abandon the run very quickly because they were down by a whole bunch of points. So it became a chuck it and let's just hope that we can get back into the game. And instead, a bad situation wound up turning into a worse situation. A worse situation turned into an even worse situation and things just wound up compiling from there. But the previous week against Nevada, he was able to rack up over 100 yards. So he is able to be able to perform against good defenses. And then you take a look at the flip side for Fresno State. They certainly have had one of the better aerial attacks that you've been able to find in college football. You've got the Washington transfer and Jake Hayner, who has been able to put up some monster numbers, nearly 3,500 yards. But he also has thrown quite a few interceptions recently as well. That game against Boise State, in which he wound up getting picked off three times, certainly was not his finest moment. You take a look at the ground game of Fresno State, and you've been able to get quite a bit of something out of that as well. But they also give up the ground. Both of these teams are giving up darn near 130 to 135 yards on the ground. So I do think that that is going to keep San Jose State in this game when it comes to San Jose State. Defense has not necessarily been terrific. And I mentioned the fact that you've just gotten... Pretty much, let's call what it is, moving chairs at the quarterback spot as well as you've been starting two different guys. But Derek Deese Jr. has been a good deep threat for the San Jose State team. I think that he's going to be able to bust one in this game as well. He's been able to do a nice job of being able to become a little bit more of a more consistent possession wide receiver as well, which I think is going to be very critical. And when it comes to this San, when it comes to this Fresno State team as well, I do think that they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground as well, which is why I do like this total over. I think that it's set a little bit too low for a Fresno State game. I do recognize that San Jose State has been a little bit tough when it comes to being able to get points up on the board recently, but I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to do so, and I think that Ronnie Rivers is going to be able to do a nice job here for Fresno State. He's been able to rack up right around five yards per carry. He's someone that in that game against Boise State in which you wound up seeing the interceptions from Hayner, he was still able to do his job. He was still able to come up, have a good performance. So I'm taking a look at an over in this spot, and especially with getting the hook on San Jose State, going to be taking a look at them. And something else that we're going to be taking a look at right here is some NFL futures as we've got some great NFL action that is going to be coming up on Thanksgiving Day. So we'll give you a look at the futures board next. That is right here on the look at on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of the Ron Flyder Racing Pod features analysis of the Kentucky Derby Futures Wager with Horse Racing Nation's Mark Midland. Trainer Brian Lynch discusses his two-year-old derby prospect Classic Causeway in this Saturday's Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes at Churchill Downs. Las Vegas handicapper, hepper, handicapper Richard Ng also offers his picks for the graded stakes this holiday weekend, including fly, Friday's Clark Stakes. Subscribe at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher to be able to hear the podcast a day early or download it Friday morning at bsin.com slash podcast. And the Ron Flatter Racing Podcast is sponsored by First Bet as we're back here on the look at it. It is myself, Greg Peterson, and we are going to be looking at We're going to be looking at the futures board out there in the NFL in just a second. But we've got to get you guys caught up on one game that is still going on in college basketball. It is not very often that you wind up having a college basketball game going on at 2.46 a.m. Eastern time, but fortunately for us, it is Feast Week in college basketball, and that means that we wind up getting one of those as you've got the Broncos of Santa Clara taking on Fresno State, and Fresno State, they started out as a 4.5-point underdog. They wound up closing as high as a 7.5-point underdog in some spots. Most places are more like a 6.5 to a 7, but Fresno State right now up double digits on the Santa Clara Broncos. A Broncos team that has already trounced Nevada, they trounced Stanford, and they trounced TCU. So this is looking very good for a Fresno State team that has started out the year 4-0. And I myself thought that they'd be able to rise up a little bit in the Mountain West, 48-36. This is a game that has seven minutes left in the second half, and you have a seven-foot versatile player in Orlando Robinson who is currently lighting it up for Fresno State. 20 points, six boards at seven feet tall, two of three from three-point range. That is pretty darn hard to guard. And Fresno State, they're currently 15 of 17 at the free throw line. Meanwhile, for Santa Clara, they are two of five at the free throw line. P.J. Pipes, he's been showing off his pipes. He's been able to give the team 12 points. But really past that, it's been tough. And you do want to be noting for Santa Clara, Joseph Varenkic wound up missing this game due to illness. He has won their top scores. He is a big cog as to what they do, a guy that's able to give you six or seven rebounds per game. So you want to be taking a look at that for Santa Clara moving forward. But moving forward, you do want to be taking a look at everything in the NFL as well because we have seen just a lot of different things wind up going down in the NFL. And in the final hour, I'm going to be breaking down all of the Thanksgiving Day games as well. But when it comes to the futures market, in terms of the NFL, I do think that there's a little bit of value when it comes to some of these divisions just because we wound up seeing it when it comes to everything that we've been seeing the last few weeks. We've seen a flip of a lot of these favorites as well because I mean, you just take a look at what we wound up getting 
with the AFC East. It looked like the Buffalo Bills were going to run and hide with it. That turns out that it is probably not going to be the case, as right now the Patriots are now just plus 130 to be able to win the AFC East a few weeks ago. This was just completely different. Now, I still think that the Bills are going to be able to get it done, but it certainly does cause a little bit of doubt in the back of your mind when it comes to that. You take a look at what you're getting out there with some of these divisions, and they're just pretty much wrapped up. I mean, let's call it what it is. The Dallas Cowboys at minus 900 in the NFC East. I actually don't think it's the world's worst bet because, I mean, I think that it hits more than nine times out of ten. Now, would I go out there and lay minus 900 here with Cowboys? No, just because I wouldn't want my money tied up. I'd be looking at it more like a more like a CD rather than anything else because you're just having your money held for such a long time. I just don't think that the Eagles are going to be able to rise up and be able to overtake them. And if you're taking a flyer on the Giants at 40-1, to 1, I would encourage you to give it to a charity. There are many charities right now this holiday season that could use the money that you'd be spending lighting it on fire at the sportsbook, betting the Giants at 40 to 1 to be able to win the NFC East. You can use this tape if the if the Giants wind up being able to win the division. I feel pretty confident that they're not going to. But I mean, with that said, it's just one of these cases in which you've got that one pretty much wrapped up. The Titans, even though they are a little bit banged up, they are minus 2,000 to be able to win the AFC South. But the one that really catches my eye right now, because you've got so much movement with all the teams, that'd be the AFC North. You've got the Ravens right now clocking in at minus 130. The Cincinnati Bengals are 3-1. to one. You've got the Browns at plus 450. And you've got the Steelers at 10-1. to one. I really can't consider the Browns here just because they've been so inconsistent with Baker Mayfield recently. You had the OBJ situation, which... I think that that actually gave them a little bit of fire for the early going, but it's just one of these cases in which the Browns just didn't know how to utilize OBJ. I think that it was just a bad situation in general. So, I mean, it's one of these cases in which I think the team is a little bit rudderless. The defense isn't too bad, but at the same time, we also wound up seeing them get absolutely destroyed by the Chargers a few weeks ago as well. So, I wind up writing them off a little bit. We've seen the best of the Steelers, and we've seen the worst of the Steelers. I would argue that what Mike Tomlin is doing with the Steelers right now is darn near one of the best coaching jobs I've seen in quite a while. This is a line that should have been addressed in the offseason. For some reason, nobody was brought in to be able to help out the Steelers offensive line. You wound up having Ben Roethlisberger go through health and safety protocols the last few weeks, and yet they've still been able to hold it together. Now, tying against the Lions is pretty much like taking a 30-point loss to any other team, not named like the Houston Texans out there in the NFL, or the Jacksonville Jaguars, because we all know that Urban Meyer does not care about his job. He's going to get fired. He's just there for the paycheck because the guy just flat out has no idea what he's doing whatsoever. But, I mean, with that said, you've got a bunch here with the Pittsburgh Steelers that I just don't think that they have the firepower to be able to win the division. But when it comes to Ravens versus Bengals, what you have to be evaluating is really Lamar Jackson. And if you think that the Ravens are going to be able to win the division, Dare I say that a Lamar Jackson MVP future might be worth firing on as well because he has been doing everything for the Ravens. And that MVP award is just right now out there for the taking in general. Nobody's been able to separate themselves. A few weeks ago, I would have been tempted to give it to Kyler Murray. But with Kyler Murray missing the last few weeks, I mean, that really drops him down the board. As of right now, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, he's not even among the top guys. He is outside of 12 to 1. I recognize the game that he wound up having against the Miami Dolphins in prime time. That's a little bit of a rough showing, but I do think that there is some value there. Josh Allen at 6 to 1. I've soured on the Bills a little bit. I, I mean, especially if the Bills don't wind up winning this division. You cannot give it to Josh Allen. Tom Brady at 3 to 1. I think that he should be the front runner right now, but I would want more than three to one to be able to take a shot there. Aaron Rodgers at 10 to one really makes no sense to me with Aaron Rodgers. You take a look at the numbers. Yeah, he's been efficient, but has he really been the most valuable player in the NFL? I mean, for goodness sakes, he wound up having Jordan Love go out there against the Kansas City Chiefs and he kept the team within a touchdown. This is a Packers team that they have been one of the best under teams at all the NFL. You should be giving it to the defense before you wind up giving it to Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. I mean, that's just my hot take right there, but the Packers defense has been nothing short of amazing Sam's that game against the Minnesota Vikings last week, but when you take a look at things in general, I do think that Lamar Jackson should be able to power this team, and by the way, Patrick Mahomes back at 12-1, and that's something that we've got to talk about it right now as well. The Chiefs, when it comes to odds to be able to win the AFC West, they're now at minus 135, and I think that this is 
Now, once again, incredible value. Now, you probably missed a boat with the Chiefs a little bit earlier. They were at plus money, but now that they've been rattling off these wins, they're now in much better shape to be able to win the division. But if I'm looking at a favorite that I think provides the most value on this board, I do think that it is the Kansas City Chiefs just because with the Chiefs, I do think that this is a team that has all of a sudden found their mojo. And something that we forget about with the Kansas City Chiefs is that you're in and you're out. Their defense looks absolutely terrible at the beginning of the year. Don't look now, but the Chiefs have given up pretty much 21 points or fewer in four out of the last five weeks. These guys are not just performing well. They're performing very well. This after they were historically bad the first, I would say, month, month and a half of the season. I mean, they just could not find anything. You knew that these guys like Tyron Matthew and company were going to be able to figure it out. It was just a matter of time. I didn't think that they would be able to figure it out to quite this extent, but it's a Chiefs team that looks absolutely dominant. Now, Patrick Mahomes looked a little bit more pedestrian in the game against the Dallas Cowboys, but he saw vintage Patrick Mahomes when he wanted to play against the Vegas Raiders, the just molly whopping that the Chiefs wanted to putting on the Raiders. That was absolutely massive. And when it comes to the Chiefs as well, they have gotten a lot more healthy because what a lot of people forget is that Clyde Edwards Hilaire for the Chiefs was out for quite a few weeks. That made them a little bit more one-dimensional. Now that you've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire back, I think that you're going to see a little bit more explosiveness from the Chiefs. And you just take a look at the Chiefs, sort of like how you wind up seeing the NBA teams. They always talk about, and I air quotes here, they need to flip the switch when they wind up going to the postseason. I feel like the Chiefs sort of needed to flip the switch. Obviously, in the NFL, you probably want to be doing it more so in the regular season than the postseason. But I feel like we have seen the Chiefs really be able to get back to who they are. I think that this is a bunch of which they wound up going through their growing pains, but Andy Reid is an absolutely tremendous coach. He's now got the team firing all cylinders, and it's just a Chargers bunch that they've been able to rattle off quite a few wins as well, but I feel like they're fading into the abyss. And when it comes to, like, the Broncos at 10-1 to and the Raiders at 18-1, to it goes back to my theory of the Giants. There is a lot of charities out there that could really use your contributions this holiday season rather than give your money to the sports book on the Denver Broncos at 10 to 1. Instead, give it to someone that could use a meal or something like that. So, I mean, that's where I stand on these futures. But where I stand on the NFL Thursday games is going to be coming up next as we take a look at that right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.